Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We are still in our Reclaim series. Today we are talking about what it means to reclaim following Jesus. Before we get started, the question I have for you all is what is one thing you believed as a child that you still believe today? like 94 of this Reclaim series? Yes. What week is it actually? Week 37. Okay, this is our 37th week. Um, We are still in the book of Luke, and today we're going to talk a little bit about reclaiming uh, what it means to follow Jesus. Um, So we are going to, I 100% today, I'm just like going full Corey. I'm like, we're going to talk about some things, which is great. Uh, Yep. I was just standing back there right now, and I was like, gosh, I hope I remember this order. And Corey's like, why do you think I do that? And I was like, it is smart. Okay. Um, Talking about babies, bathwater, feminist cooking. Everyone should be a pastor. We belong to each other. Translating the old Dr. Ford, do something, of course, BuzzFeed, and we will end with action and contemplation. Does that sound good? All right. So we are in the book of Luke chapter 10. It goes like this. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take money with you, nor traveler's bag, nor extra pair of sandals, and don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Great. So um, this is, for me, growing up in church, a fairly familiar passage of scripture. Um, Not the whole part, but just the harvest is great, the labors are few, right? Anyone grew up in church, heard this a ton? Yes, right? Um, And I remember always liking it, right? And so um, this past week, weekend, there's a handful of us from New Abbey who got invited to go to Albuquerque and spend some time with Richard Rohr. Um, If you don't know who Richard Rohr is, he's an amazing, like, Franciscan father who uh, is so progressive in, like, a Franciscan father way. I don't even know if that makes sense. Like, it just, like, says stuff about the universal Christ, and it makes sense, and he's just old and wise and amazing. And so um, we got to sit with him, and one of the things we talked about this uh, weekend that struck me, everything struck out to me, so the next probably nine times I preach will be about spending time with Richard Rohr, just everybody get ready. Um, But he talked about um, growing up in this very conservative town in Kansas, and at some point realizing, like, obviously there's more to that, and parts of that were damaging, but uh, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. 
what about that experience uh, is still true? And what about that experience was good? And can you hold both of those things, right? As a side note, throw the baby out of the bathwater is a strange saying because I'm like, did it happen? And that's where the saying <laughs> came from. Like someone was bathing their baby and was like, let's get rid of the water. Oh, no. Um, so <clears throat> as I think about this passage, and, and that's happened to me a lot, right? Uh, Rohr talks about this idea of going from order to disorder to reorder. And most of us ha are in a stage of deconstruction. Deconstruction, deconstructing our faith, and then entering a phase of reconstruction. And it's always shocking to me when my like construction, deconstruction, reconstruction, and I kind of end up at a similar place that I was before, like just a little different. You know what I mean? Like, um, so I love to cook, right? And I happen to be a woman. And I remember when I first got into my like feminism days of like studying and reading all these things and like becoming a feminist, I remember thinking to myself like, well, you got to stop cooking, right? Because like that is like a, a thing that like women shouldn't have to do, right? And then eventually I realized, no, I disagree with the idea that all women should have to cook. I'm a woman who likes to cook. I ended up at the same exact place, right? Like started out liking to cook, ended up liking to cook. But that middle part was very important, right? Because it changed not what I thought, but how I thought, right? Which is what Jesus is always pushing us to. And so when I look at this, this passage of scripture, it's like kind of funny to me because what I thought about it before I had deconstructed any of my faith is kind of similar about like what I think about it now, but that middle piece was very important. And essentially what I think about this passage, right, is that following Jesus calls us to actually do something, right? What I thought that do something meant in circa 1998 was that everyone should be a pastor or minister, right? I'm like, the harvest is great. We don't have enough missionaries, you know? That's, um, and now I'm realizing the harvest is great. There is a world out there that is in desperate need of healing, wholeness, and transformation. And it is our duty not to just take that, but to do something with it, right? This is good. It's helpful because I already forgot. Right, we belong to each other. Thank you. This is so nice. Um, <clears throat> because we belong to each other, right? There's something about understanding the reality that this counter-narrative, this kingdom, this upside-down way of thinking is for everyone. And if it is, and if you are a person who has experienced that healing, it is not only for us to just have, it is to be shared. Our healing, our transformation, our wholeness is not our own. It is meant to be shared. It's like that very, very, very sad book I read about the guy who went to Alaska and lived in a bus and then died. So, spoiler alert. Um, what book is that? Into the Wild. Into the Wild, right? There's this, and he goes into this bus and he spends this whole time deconstructing all of these systems and like gives away all his money and goes and he's like living up the land. And at the very end of it all, he realizes one very important thing, right? Happiness is only real when shared. He has this experience of this wild experience. He's doing all these things, but he's doing them alone. And he realizes, is that even real? If I just do all of this for me, by myself, in this own thing, is it even real? And he came to the conclusion that it's not. And I feel like Jesus is bringing us to the conclusion that it's not. Your own healing and transformation needs to be shared. And it needs to be shared in a way that makes sense, 
right? So I have a lot of academics in my family, right? As one does. My dad, my sister, everyone's got a doctorate, okay? I've got a master's in higher education. I understand how this thing works, right? And here's one um, issue I have with academics, right? The whole, like, structure is that people acquire a lot of very important information that the rest of the world needs to know, and then they just circulate it up here, right? And um, I remember telling my sister and saying, like, wouldn't it be awesome if the people who had all this knowledge figured out how to say it in a way someone else could understand, right? This is important stuff that you just learned, but I need to understand it, right? So someone like Malcolm Gladwell is so interesting because I'm like, this person took all of this like PhD in social psychology and just like put it into like understanding birthdays or like something so simple, <laughs> right? And we have like the same thing happen in Christianity, right? At some point, have you ever been around Christians? You're like, are you even speaking English? These words don't make sense. You're not translating in a way anyone can understand. You're taking everything. You're taking all of this healing, all this knowledge, this gospel, this good news, and you are making it so inaccessible to everyone else, and you're just circulating it in this bubble. And Jesus is saying, no, at some point you have to go, right? Yes, you're going to be a lamb among wolves. And yes, it may not be very well received, but you keep going because this thing is only real when it's shared, right? And I think one of the best examples we have seen in recent history was Dr. Ford give her testimony at the Kavanaugh hearing. This is a woman who has experienced a certain amount of healing and transformation in her life. And then she goes into this space, not because she wanted to, because she believed it was right because she believed that the truth and the healing and all the things that she had might do something good for the people who would be in that room, for the people who would be at home listening, for the people who are watching this story unfold. There's something so sacrificial and beautiful about that, and it is the way of Jesus. Is it always going to be well-received? No. Is it going to be uncomfortable? Yes. Are you even going to want to do it at times? Probably not, right? And this is where I feel like my old charismatic self coming out, and it's so funny because I'm like, I still believe that. Whether it's 1052 or 2018 or 1994, following Jesus requires a certain amount of sacrifice. It requires putting yourself in situations that might be uncomfortable because we belong to each other. Because you believe in this reality that the kingdom is for everyone. And if it's for everyone, then the elements of it that you have experienced must be shared. And to watch this woman stand up and do that, and to see the reaction in that room, right, that may not have gone how you wanted it, but then to see the after effect of all of the people who have experienced a similar amount of healing say, no, I too am going to share this. Now I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. And you watch, and that's how it spreads. It's not everyone being missionaries. It's not everyone being pastors, right, like I used to think in my evangelical days. But it's everyone saying, I've had a certain amount of healing. I've experienced Jesus. I've experienced a counter-narrative of truth and wholeness and I'm going to share it, regardless of the sacrifice. And here's what makes that so hard in 2018. 
We live in a culture of ruthless critique, <laughs> okay? I, as an Enneagram 7, I hate Twitter, okay? Twitter is just like someone taking a dump on something someone else said, and it really, really drains me. Now, we live in a time where we are called, if we are going to be followers of Jesus, to do something. And we also live in a time where anyone who does something gets critiqued pretty hard. And we were just talking about this this morning, actually. So I have a friend, and I wasn't planning to talk about this, so now I'm going to talk about it as vague as possible. I have a friend who wrote a book. Um, that's pretty vague. And uh, this article just came out on this platform. I already put it in the notes, but now I'm like, oh, I should have said. Um, anyways, and someone just wrote an article critiquing her, her work. And literally, I don't want to say the SHIT word, but that's what they did on it, okay? And they just ripped her to shreds. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, this is why people don't do anything, right? Because the minute you step out and you try something, it's not going to be perfect. I guarantee you it's not going to be perfect. I want to write a book one day, and I guarantee you my book's not going to be perfect. But do I want someone to rip me to shreds the way this woman did, my friend? No. I want someone to give me some critique, give me some feedback, help me out. But we live in a culture that just rips stuff to shreds so hard, and it breaks my heart. Because then something like the fires happen, or the shooting in Thousand Oaks, or all of the things happening in our world, and we have thousands of people too afraid to move because of responses like this, right? I literally am like, the other day, this is something like so real to 2018. I said, oh, babe, we're going to be out of town. Why don't we just put on Instagram, hey, does anyone need a place to stay from the fires? Our back house is open. And then all of a sudden I was like, Will people think that's too this? Will, pe- will people think that's too that? Wait, is that the right thing to do? Wait, is there something better? And I ended up doing nothing, right? That's so real because this is a culture that we live in. Every step you move is like on someone's Instagram and then everyone's critiquing it. And like we always say, what does it mean to follow Jesus and tell the biggest story of God in 2018 in a place like Los Angeles? And I just want to acknowledge that doing something is hard because of this culture of critique that we've created. But what we need more than anything are the voices bringing opposition to that. Saying, yes, let's critique the power systems. Let's critique our government without dehumanizing other people. How do we say, I believe in a different way, but these people are still human and they deserve respect? The healing that Jesus has done in me, the transformation I've experienced, doesn't allow me to look at my Republican brothers and sisters and not see them as human. Right? And so how do we do something, follow Jesus, live in a culture of critique, and share this healing? I don't explicitly know, but that is the question that I'm asking us all today, right? So we spent time um, with Richard Rohr this uh, weekend, and he has something in Albuquerque. It's called the Center for Action and Contemplation. So Richard Rohr is big on contemplation. I thought for sure we were going to meditate for like 90% of the time, okay? (laughs) Like just ascend to some like heavenly realm um, and leave this all behind, Uh, And then he talked about why it's called the Center for Action and Contemplation. Because he said very clearly, if you're not doing anything, you have nothing to contemplate. And I was like, well, well, damn. (laughs) Um, 
Doesn't that make a lot of sense when you say it like that? Um, and that's what I believe to be true about today and us and everyone in this room, right? Yes, there's something so awesome about just like, like I remember, I call them like my mountaintop worship moments when I was like deep in the evangelical world and like the fog, spirit of God, fog machine and the lasers and, and just having these moments where I feel like, yes, like there are, there's a beautiful thing about being able to sit long enough to like breathe and feel and experience God and reflect on all that is going on. But so simply, like Richard Rohr said, if you're not doing anything, you don't have anything to contemplate. There's a balance of action and contemplation. Why do you think people are so mad? I watched a mother who lost their child in the shooting of Thousand Oaks, and she was like, I don't want your prayers. I want gun control, right? It's that simple to me. I don't want the contemplation with no action. I want action and then contemplation. Yes, fight for the next mother who shouldn't lose their child in a shooting. And pray for me. Pray that Jesus sends hope and peace and people in my life to care. Yes, but I want action, right? That's what people are so desiring is the action and the contemplation. So who are we if we have experienced healing? Whatever it is that you have experienced, healing, transformation, wholeness, it's only going to be real when shared. We only have things to contemplate after we act. And I'm sorry that we live in a world that just cannot wait to rip someone to shreds who's trying to do good in the world, but that is the world we live in. We are lambs going out amongst wolves. Nothing has changed, but we still have to go. So we're going to get back into our groups, and we're going to answer this question. What is one action you can take in your life towards sharing the healing you have received? If that is confusing or you don't like it, you could talk about something else, uh, but enjoy a conversation with those around you. Thanks for listening to the New Abbey Podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.